welcome to the latest episode of the Celtic View podcast. And coming up, we are going to be looking back at Celtic's tremendous 4-0 victory over Motherwell at Club Park and hear from the man of the match and one of the goal scorers. We'll have a look at what else is happening around the club this week. We'll then have an in-depth feature on our Celtic women's team ahead of their opening fixture of the 2020 season. And then we'll look forward to Sunday's Scottish Cup tie Celtic in action against Clyde at Broadwood Stadium. And joining me, Paul Cuddehy, to look at all these issues is my Celtic View colleague, Joe Donnelly. Joe, nice to see you. Thanks for having me, as always. And uh, for anyone who remembers listening to last week's episode, I can uh, confirm that Joe has changed his headgear. Um, but uh, that's a, a relief to his daughter, who's now wearing that lovely pink hat. And also making her Celtic View podcast debut is our multimedia colleague, Colette Carr. Colette, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. And obviously, we, as people will find out in the course of this podcast, you are also the expert on the Celtic women's team, so we were able to get the lowdown on this new squad. Obviously, the fact that it's gone professional, we'll have, uh, we'll hear from Fran Alonso and also one of the players. So it's certainly, uh, just just now, you'll be excited, looking forward to the new season. Yeah, um, our season obviously runs differently to the men's season. We're um, a summer season, but we start in February, so haven't had the game since November, and it's been a it's been a long few months. So yeah, just can't wait. Yeah, certainly we'll have a, a look at that again this Sunday, the Celtic women's team versus Glasgow women in the League Cup section. But for now, we are going to concentrate on Neil Lennon's side. They were in action again on Wednesday night. It was a short trip along the M74 to Motherwell. And on the night, his side produced a wonderful performance, not least from Callum McGregor in the heart of the midfield. And he scored an absolute wonder goal. towards Forrest, but inside to Christie, Christie back to Forrest, good play from Celtic, Forrest across now to McGregor, volleys it, oh that's a wonder goal from Callum McGregor, the play was exquisite, the finish was divine, Callum McGregor, two assists and an absolute belter, Celtic three, Motherwell nil. That was what a class from McGregor there, just that first touch there to tee himself up and then he smashes it on the ball, he passed the keeper from just inside the box what a finish, sensational and what a way to, to cap off a, a wonderful bit of build up play there from Celtic, some great passing I know it's all about the team but you must have been pleased from a personal point of view, two assists and an absolute wonder goal yeah, uh, no, it's nice when you, when you get nights like that where you, you know your contribution um, you get a couple of assists and obviously you know you scored a nice goal as well but you know, as you said there, it's, it's all about the team at this stage in the season. You know, the boys are playing well, they're playing with confidence and, you know, it's a joy to play in the team, but, you know, ultimately we're here to win games. There was a real sense in the second half, we just stepped it up and completely dominated the game. Yeah, yeah, I think at half-time, you know, obviously we, we were in 1-0 and, you know, we were in a game as well. We, we knew we had to really step up the tempo and, you know, start creating chances and, you know, playing the way that we can play. So I think for that point of view, you know, the lads were outstanding second half. Um, as I said, you know, created a lot of chances and, and probably could have been more. The focus turns to, to the Scottish Cup on Sunday and the need just to, to make sure we're in the next round again. Yep, exactly. That's the that's the uh, the objective. You know, you, you go into these games, or there's sort of no win situations in terms of everyone expects you to win. So, you know, that's what we have to do. We prepare properly. You know, we go there, and you know, obviously, the, the objective is to get into the next round and you know be professional about it. Joe, you were at Fir Park, you were writing the, the match report for the website, and I know there was a, a lot of candidates for, for the man of the match, but I think on Celtic TV and certainly on the, the website report, it was Callum McGregor who got your nod, and he was phenomenal on Wednesday night. 
yeah, from start to finish, I was going to give him man of the match had he, had he not scored. I know that Hudson Edward obviously got a double, um, four brilliant goals. The manager um, earlier this year and towards the end of last year was saying about the dominance that Celtic have showed throughout games. And he was just a wee bit frustrated at times of not taking their chances. Uh, the thing about um, Wednesday night game, although we scored four brilliant goals, it could have been so much more. But that goal of Callum McGregor's, it'll take some doing um, for us to score a better goal this this year. So good was that goal. And I spoke to Cal after the game and well, she heard in the, the footage there he's always keen to you know he'll take his plaudits but he's always keen to to praise the team as a whole um, I asked him if he thought it would be up there for goal this season he said we'll maybe see in May um, but yeah if you want to um, read more about Callum McGregor was saying you'll need to buy the upcoming Celtic year absolutely nice nice plug there Joe and Clive, uh, Joe and I were in the stand behind must have got some with you for Callum's goal in particular. I'm um, looking down onto it, but it talks so much about how he's an intelligent player. Incredible, you know, like, it takes the slightest, slightest, but it was just incredible. And yeah. You were saying, you know, everybody knows he's after the game. Technique and game awareness, it's something that we're not used to seeing, but you, you watch him throughout the game and he's just got that absolute top quality to play in that midfield. Yeah, uh, it's almost like you can see the entire park, even like he's got eyes in the back of his head, to be honest with you. Um, he can, he can just, when he's, when he's on form, which he, nine times out of ten he definitely is. You know, he's just gold dust, and I think when you look at his overall contribution to um, the team, it's unbelievable. He'd say two assists and a goal the other night there, and when Celtic are dominating games, he's just a joy to watch. Yeah, absolutely, as a joy to watch. And I mean, a lot of the plaudits have been focused on the fact that Celtic have played three-five-two for a number of games this year, and the, the, the relationship which Lee Griffiths and Odson Edwards seem to be going game on, growing game on game. Um, but in, in that system, when Celtic are playing with five and Scott Brown as anchor in the midfield, Cal McGregor just has so much more space to roam. And as you kind of touched upon there, Colette, you know, you're seeing him all over the pitch. He's a joy to watch if he's helping defending, if he's pushing the ball forward, and of course when he when he gets a goal in such a way, um, when Celtic exact such a such a brilliant move um, to finish it um, so prolific as well yeah I mean you said a joy to watch you can't really describe it better than that an interesting um, Martin Miller who used to be the junior academy manager at the Celtic Academy he said one of the exercises they give the young players is if they're watching a Celtic game watch it with remote control and at various times pause the game and look and see where Callum McGregor is and invariably he's found a bit of space and if you watch him in the game it does just that, and it goes back to what you were saying, Colette. It's just the fact he's got that intelligence as a player, and, and I think all the fans are now really beginning to really see what he brings to the team. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's, it's interesting to say about how um, people are saying that stop and have a look, and it's kind of coming across now even more. I think, you know, I read um, an interview a couple of weeks ago when they were talking about Callum McGregor and his kind of relationship with Odds on Edward, but how he just knows that Edward will be kind of he'll be sitting off in those inside channels, the wee half spaces, ready to pick up. Um, whatever he plays for and it's just incredible how kind of how established he is in the team but also I know he's played a year last season but it's almost as if he's stepped up even another level this season on top of that obviously Callum McGregor scored a goal two assists Watson Edward was just phenomenal again another goal for Lee Griffiths Joe and not only was it another goal I think he's fourth in 2020 it was also his 111th goal for Celtic, which was significant in that it meant it overtook John Hartson in the, the all-time goal-scoring record. And, and when the Celtic official Celtic Twitter feed put out a, a wee thing just acknowledging that, one of the first replies they got was from John Hartson, really nice, and then basically saying, right, get on to 200 now. And I, I thought that was a really nice thing for John Hartson to do. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, John Hartson was obviously phenomenal for Celtic over the course and obviously in front of goal. Lee Griffiths, uh, I mean, to come back, he said at the start of the year he wanted to up his numbers, obviously been in and out of the team this season with injury. Um, four goals, as you say, Paul, in six games, a few assists in there as well. So, I mean, he's just really hit the ground running in 2020. And, yeah, like I always go back to this. I know the season last year when Lee took some time away from the game and a lot of the headlines in the wider media were focused on that. When was Lee Griffiths coming back? why he was away from the game and so on and so forth but in the same season he did hit that 100 goal milestone which almost gets lost in the middle of things and I feel like it's worth bringing up every time when you see him passing players like John Hartson which people remember so fondly so prolific in front of goal and at 29 he's, he's still got so much of his career ahead of him hopefully that's at Celtic for the foreseeable future and they're on and yeah I mean if, if John Hartson's saying go on and hit 200 I'm sure that's all the individual inspiration Lee needs Clay. This, this start of this year, since 2020, the manager's been playing Lee Griffiths and Odson Edward together. It's combining really well. They're both scoring. And I, I feel that Odson Edward actually is enjoying playing with Lee Griffiths up front because it means he can drop deep and causing so many problems. Mm. No, definitely. Um, I think it's kind of, I mean, fans have been screaming out for two up top for so long, haven't they? It's just kind of, I think it's football. We all grow up kind of, the way we learn the game and what we grow to kind of really appreciate. But as you say, you um, the relationship seems to be going really, really well between the two of them. Kind of goes back to, as I say, about, you know, McGregor and knowing where Eduard is at any time. I think when you've got two strikers on, especially, you know, strikers know the kind of balls that they want played. So they'll be able to play on their partner. However, they know exactly where they would want that ball, how hard they want it. And it's just, it's really, really um, pleasing to see it all coming together now because I know there was a bit kind of doubt um, amongst fans, like how would it work, you know, because you look at how long both of them have played as lone strikers, um, particularly Edward, you know, he's so young, majority, maybe majority of his Celtic career. He has kind of, we have seen him up top himself, so it's pleasing to see it all come together. Well, we shall see on Sunday at Broadwood Stadium and come on all weather, both those players partner up front with Celtic take on Clyde in the fifth round of the Scottish Cup. We'll come to that game later, but for now, we're going to turn our attention to the Celtic women's team. As obviously many of you will be aware, this is the first season the team will be playing in a professional status. It's an exciting time for the team and it's going to be their first competitive game under their new head coach Fran Alonso and that game is this Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock at the K Park in East Kilbride it's a League Cup sectional match against Glasgow Women Colette obviously I've, I've mentioned at the top of the, the programme you're the expert on the Celtic women's team but you, you've followed them and reported on them the whole of last season and they had a good season without ultimately you know having any success in terms of silverware but you know the, the players the management and even yourself as, as a fan but also in covering the, the games you must be excited at this new professional status and, and the new players coming in and, and what the season ahead holds oh yeah 100% um, I think it just goes as you say you know from a fan and a kind of reporter's point of view when football comes back it's, it's all you want it's all you're kind of I mean training and pre-season has been brilliant um, but the girls themselves the, the staff everyone you just want games to come back around but um, I think with that kind of adds the element this year of you know we are taking those strides forward compared to um, last season, new management team in and everything like that. It is, it's just so much more exciting. It'll be exciting to see how it all kind of pans out. Um, last season, as you say, there, there was kind of, you could call it a level of success. So the girls actually finished 13 points better off than what they had done the previous year. Um, had beaten teams like Glasgow City and Hibs, who they hadn't beaten in like 10 and 6 years respectively. But football was about silverware at the end of the day so it was a bit bittersweet but it left us all kind of feeling really positive ahead of this season 
Well, if you've been checking out the Celtic website or any of the Celtic Twitter feeds, you'll know that there's been a few new faces added to the Celtic squad for the forthcoming 2020 season. Among those is a defender, 27-year-old Jodie Bartle, and Celtic TV caught up with her after she'd signed for the club. Well, I've played football since um, only since I was really about 17 to be honest my first season when I was um, just turning 17 um, and that was down at um, in, up just at my local club and um, then moved on from there um, captained a Peterborough Northern star for about five seasons um, then made another jump um, up to Loughborough Foxes and was there for about three seasons and then decided to push myself again um, I think it was about three years ago I thought I want to see how far I can go um, I'm really going to take this seriously. So I made the jump to Foxes, then um, last season went to Coventry United. Um, and then I thought, right, I'll, I'll be here for maybe a couple of seasons and then see if I can push myself even further. And then six months down the line, here I am. <laughs> and it's an exciting time, not just globally for, for women's football, but, but here at Celtic, uh, you know, the first season as, as professionals. Oh yeah, definitely. It's got to be really, really exciting. I mean, it's, it's a massive opportunity for so many people, um, not just the girls on the field, but the staff, the club, everything involved about it. It's, it's amazing that, that you've been able to go pro. Yeah, early stages for the women's professional game, but when you look behind you at this stadium, you know, being part of the infrastructure of such a huge club. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really, really exciting. Just went on the pitch earlier and it's just like, phew, crazy, it's mad. Fantastic. <laughs> well, listen, all the best and it's great to have you. Thank you very much. Clay, you've obviously been going along to some of the training sessions as well for the team. Have you noticed or have you, have you sensed a difference in, in the attitude and, and around the squad, given everything that's been happening over the last couple of months? Yeah, um, I think I don't think you can notice an att um, a change in atmosphere when there's been such positive changes. Um, and it's, it's you know yourself, it goes for men's football as well. As soon as a new manager comes in, everyone lifts it, everyone wants to impress, you know. You're, you can't rest in any sort of laurels, but yeah, you know, um, the atmosphere has been brilliant at training and um, our pre-season kind of friendly games as well. So um, it's always, as I say, it goes back to you know new management team in, um, new faces. Everyone just kind of lifts everything. Yeah, you were saying before about uh, last season, like with uh, the women's team beating Glasgow City and Hibs as well. And I remember when we caught up with Sarah Ewans just after the um, announcement was made that the women's team were going professional, and she said that. In some ways, there were games that they ran Glasgow City really close last year and then, of course, beat them 4-1, which is a great result. And she said that she felt that in many ways there was a mental barrier which is broken down, given you're so close with the women's team. Do you agree with that? Oh, 100%, yeah. Um, uh, when you look at the league games against Glasgow City last year, um, if you take away the cup games, it was just devastating, honestly. Like, it, I mean, I can stand here and tell you that we did run them so close, but we did run them so, so close. So I think see, to eventually get that, win at the end season to win so emphatically as well you know they hadn't been beaten in the league for about three and a half years so to be the team that um to, for a start to be the team that did that but also to kind of get that it was almost like delayed gratification <laughs> to finally you know kind of get over the line and the girls know that themselves now the, um, the confidence is there and it's it actually so happens that our first league game is against them so it'll be in the back of our minds it might be in the back of the city girls minds as well though but you never know I think that's going to be Friday night football as well so that's a, a game to look forward to that's my only thing that always disappoints me the fact that not disappoints me but just the fact that the game is a direct clash with, with the cup tie against Clyde because what you're wanting particularly in this new season first season as professionals with a lot of new players new coaches you want to try and encourage fans to get along hopefully over the course of the season there'll be enough games that won't clash with, with the men's team 
that you're going to get because I think once people go along and actually see the quality of football there when they're on the touchline I think people are surprised pleasantly surprised and then want to come back for more yeah, no, it is. it's a shame um, that it's, that's the way the, the draws fall in this weekend. Um, when you look at the kind of, when you look at games last season, you know, with Celtic playing in Europe, there was a few clashes as well, which is always kind of like it's a shame because they work they work so hard. But and we all understand it's a process. You're never going to get people going. Nah, I'll not bother with Celtic Park. I'll go down K Park kind of thing. It's and it's just having that self awareness. But um, that's where it's really good. The fact that the Friday night games um, came along as well because. The first league game, it falls bags back in the middle of the Copenhagen games. So obviously we are playing Kilmarnock here that Sunday. We were due to play Glasgow City there. So having it in that Friday night is brilliant as well. Because we had a game last season on Friday night against Motherwell. And that was brilliant in attendance. So we're just hoping for more of the same again. Well, fingers crossed. Well, as you, again, you'll probably know that Celtic have appointed a new head coach, the Celtic women's team for this season, Fran Alonso. And here's just a couple of words for him. Looking forward to the new campaign. Is, uh, I'm very, very proud. Um, I'm delighted to be here. Um, already in my short time here, like hours, uh, the community, the, the people I met this morning, um, very, very close, um, very friendly, um, everyone welcoming. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a re real, real uh, pleasure to be here. You gained a lot of experience in, in the men's game, particularly under Maurizio Pochettino at Southampton, then moving with Ronald Koeman to, to Everton, before making the move into the, to the women's game. What, what made you decide to do that? Obviously, um, when I was working with these managers you mentioned, like Mauricio, Ronald, they are, for me, some of the best managers in Europe. Uh, so I was learning so much. Um, and then I was just learning, learning, but I couldn't really put it into practice. Um, so I, I decided, OK, I, I need to, to share this, what I'm learning. Uh, and then I started to volunteer. At the same time, I was doing this job, like when I was at Southampton, I started to volunteer with Southampton women in the evenings. Uh, then when I moved to Everton, I was helping with Everton ladies, and then you know since then I always win in the in the women game. Um, I guess it comes from my sister when she was little, she always played football, so uh, women football in my in my home always was um, present. So I guess come from there. Yeah. There's an ethos at Celtic, I'm sure you're aware of, to, to play attacking, entertaining football. Is that something that, that's very much part of your philosophy? Oh, 100%. Um, I'm, obviously, I'm Spanish, as you can see with my accent. Um, you know, we are, uh, well, many people there are very passionate about, about the way you play football. Of course, winning in professional game is key, is the most important thing. But for me, winning, uh, playing attractive football is, is even better. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I love to play attacking football, positional play, um, and you know, very uh, good on the ball, very confident and brave. And I'm so proud to be the first manager of, of uh, a full-time uh, Celtic women. Um, but you know, we will work uh, to win every single game. Uh, if we can, we will put all our work, uh, and we hopefully we will be celebrating trophies soon, but we know we will, uh, things take time and we will be patient, but with a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of hard work. Well, I'm sure Fran Alonso will be looking forward to Sunday's game, that League Cup sectional tie against Glasgow women. And Claire, I think one of the first things, probably maybe an advantage for him when he was appointed is that very quickly there was a, a winter training camp. We've seen the benefits that, that Celtic men's team have derived from going abroad the last two or three seasons and we see it this year how much do you think that was that was beneficial for him just to get to know his squad and to get that week away and work with him on the training ground 
Oh, hugely beneficial, yeah. Um, it's funny we were talking about that last night. It was actually only three weeks ago on Tuesday that we announced him. It feels like so much longer, but yeah, so he, he came up here on the Thursday and then Saturday morning at seven o'clock we're all in the airport getting ready to go to Tangaraya. So I think it definitely did. Um, it helped not just him, but the team as well, you know. You know yourselves when you go away, it's so intense and there's not really a great deal of getting away from each other. So in terms of just him learning about the characters of these players as well, it was really, really positive. And, you know, I think we, we should really congratulate you. It's a, it's a tough gig that to go and cover the, the team in Gran Canaria, but, you, you know, you, you bravely oh, headed out there. Managed, uh. um, no, that, I mean, I think people, you know, obviously anybody who's worked in our media team know that there's, there's a lot of work as well. But it's good, I think, particularly going forward, reporting on the team, it's good for you to get to see them in that different environment as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I've, I've kind of said before, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate in the way the women's game works that I do get, I, I do get a fair bit more access than what potentially you could get... Um, at other clubs and within men's football but um, yeah, just to get away and especially it goes back to say you know especially going away under a new manager we're all in the same boat we're all just kind of trying to figure out what the new culture is um, enjoy the games and we're going to enjoy the sessions um, but no it was brilliant yeah, and it's just left us all really excited to go ahead as, as cliche as that is <laughs> and we heard Fran Alonso touching on it towards the end of that interview Joe that I suppose every Celtic manager is always judged ultimately by success and silverware and, and I've got no doubt that you know whatever he's saying and knows about the hard work he's looking to win trophies with this team Yeah I mean the interview that he did with, with Jenny McCulloch and Celtic TV he's in the trophy room you know there's European Cups looming over him there so I mean yeah as soon as you step in the door at this club you realise right away that success is something which is um, wanted and expected and, and with the, the women's team going professional I'm sure Fran will want to hit the ground running as soon as the as soon as the games come along um, yeah, I mean he seemed really excited when, when we spoke to him for the magazine he also said that he drove up from England collecting you can probably confirm this. I think he said he misjudged his Google Maps and he drove from the, the very south of the country, which did, yeah. Yeah, I suppose that speaks volumes for his enthusiasm as well, that he was so keen to get through he the door. He had a nice so. over in Liverpool, actually, I was saying, so I think he made a day out of it, to be honest with you. But um, whether that's because, I, I don't know. But he, yeah, for some reason, he thought it wise to just pack up his car, drive up, and then get on a plane two days later. <laughs> Well, we wish Fran Alonso and the whole squad not only good luck this Sunday when they play their first competitive game, but throughout the 2020 season. And remember, check out the official Celtic website, the, the Celtic official Celtic Twitter feed, and of course the Celtic FC Women Twitter feed um, for the information. And also in the Celtic View, this week's Celtic View has an interview with Jodie Bartle. And next week's View, which is out uh, next Wednesday, has an interview with another of the new signings, Lisa Robertson. Joe, also in this week's Celtic View, we've got a couple of interviews, one with Stephen Welsh who made that very impressive debut at New Douglas Park and also um, again just a shameless um, plug for that homegrown hero, that wonderful biography of James Forrest written by yourself but you caught up with James um, and, and had a chat with him about how the season's going and, and we've looked at his stats and again he's just his contribution's phenomenal yeah, I mean, he just doesn't really seem to know when he stopped with his stats in that, that interview that we did for, for this week's Celtic View. He was talking about how he wants to be remembered in games for contributing uh, to the team, helping the team win. And with that, he says scoring goals and making assists. 39 games this season so far, 16 goals and 19 assists. Last year when he, when he won his trio of personal awards, he ended the season.
season with 17 goals and 20 assists so he's uh, two goals and two assists away from breaking that phenomenal record of last season we're of course not far into February some big games coming up some big European games coming up at the end of the month which James is no stranger to scoring goals in as well and yeah I mean it, like speaking to Carl like speaking to James and just hearing them talking about you know helping the team where they can getting goals getting assists putting themselves at the forefront of Celtic success it's great to see in any player it's great to see from players that have come through the ranks as well absolutely two academy success stories some of the young players uh, for Celtic were in action during the week that was uh, Tommy McIntyre's side they were playing Rangers in the city of Glasgow cup tie they drew, ultimately drew one each they were winning 1-0 thanks to a Luca Connell goal they ended up going down to 10 men when Ewan Henderson picked up two yellow cards and they, they held out up till about the last couple of minutes where Rangers got a, an equaliser with the aid of a deflection but it was a, another strong performance from Tommy McIntyre's side we now turn our attentions to Scottish Cup duty of course Celtic having won the trophy for the last three years in a row they want to do this season what no Scottish team has ever done before and that, that is to win the Scottish Cup on four consecutive occasions the fifth round is this Sunday afternoon at Broadwood Stadium it's Clyde against Celtic and there's an interview up on Celtic TV just now with Christopher Julian who is looking forward to the game as you can hear from this short clip One of those smaller stadiums and maybe bumpy pitches was in the last round of the Scottish Cup against Partick Thistle. How was that experience for you being at quite a different stadium to, to Celtic Park? Yeah, it was a little bit hard, you know, the, the like I said, the warming up, the stuff like that, the, the, the pitch was not so good. But, you know, in France, we have a, we had a, like a cup like this, a little bit like this, uh, the same at the beginning of the stage. You go uh, in a small club um, with the... Uh, not so good facilities, but um, you know it's just it's just like that. I think it's the the magic of the cup, and it's the magic of the cup again this weekend. You 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 spoke about how much winning the league cup back in December meant to you. What would it mean again to get your hands on another cup trophy? Poor everything, you know. Uh, now that I know the feeling, you know, on on just uh, winning a cup here with this teammates, with the staff, with this club, uh, it's just unbelievable. So I just. Um, I just pray and play my best and see how it goes. But yeah, we definitely want to defend the title um, and win it again for sure. Christopher Julian there looking forward to the game this weekend. And I suppose, Joe, the, the thing always when you come in these cup ties is just to make sure you're in the draw for the next round. But Celtic's record in domestic cup competitions, obviously over the last few years, is, is nothing short of phenomenal. It is, and I mean, regardless of what happens on Sunday, the fact that you're saying, you know, defending the Scottish Cup for the fourth year in a row, you know, if Celtic do go on to, to win it, they'll be the first team ever in, in Scotland to win the Cup four times. Not not to put a jinx on things, but it just seems every year we're saying, oh, well, at some point this needs to end. And Celtic, certainly so far this year, are showing no sign that, um, that and Lee Griffiths said this himself in, in his pre-match conference yesterday, that there could be a potential cup shock. Neil Lennon will line up beside um, at best to, so to, to, to progress with the form that, that Celtic are showing just now and the confidence, I'm sure that'll be the case. Well, of course, the Scottish Cup final this year, we don't want, well, we're allowed to look further ahead it's the players and the manager just take it game by game but it's May the 9th this season it's before the end of the league season of course Hamden has to get ready for being one of the venues for Euro 2020 and Neil Lennon of course he, he would uh, lead us to that wonderful triumph last season as at the end of the treble treble season and he's looking forward to this Sunday's game and indicated that there may be changes to his starting 11. 
the game's not till Sunday, so we'll have a couple of days to think about it, and then uh, I'm, we will make a few changes, I'm sure, but not too many. You know, there's a few players bubbling under. You know, the likes of Ryan, um, he could do with the game. Um, you know, Elianusi. You know, he's coming back to fitness. He may need some game time as well. But um, you know, we we'll still go strong. I'm delighted with the, the way some of them have come back. You know, I was delighted with McGregor last night. Olsen's just playing out of his skin. You know, Lee Griffiths is playing very well, um, and the midfield's very, very strong. Just delighted with Jozo. Thought he had a really good game. You know, considering he's been out for so long, the way he's came back has been a, a credit to him as well. Colette, I know everything else being equal, if, if the, the women's team weren't playing at the same time, you'd have been at Broadwood Stadium cheering on Neil Lennon's side. But, you know, when we heard from the manager there, and I think the three of us are just kind of laughing when he's talking about making changes, and one of the changes he can make is to bring Ryan Christie in for a start. I mean, that's a brilliant position to be in. Oh, yeah, it, you know, it just it goes to show the, the depth of the squad that's been created and the quality that's amongst it. Even if you look at the bench against Motherwell um, the other night, then you get... Um, even El Nusi making his way back into the squad after injury, you do you kind of have to kind have to chuckle when you hear things like that. We are in such a fortunate position um, that you can call upon these guys, but it'll be interesting to see how he lines up against Clyde at the weekend because when you look at how well we have been playing and you know the fact that they have changed that formation now to the three-five-two, you wouldn't you would wonder if he wanted to disrupt that too much, um, especially when you know if if we play like we have been playing, you know, we we've just been flying with confidence. It'll be interesting to see if he wants to kind of change that up a little bit or if we want to just see how far he can keep this run going. And I suppose, Joe, next Wednesday we're playing host to Hearts and then the following Sunday we've got a tough away game up at Pataudry against Aberdeen. It might be a game, for example, that maybe Patrick Clamalla might get a start. He's, he's, he's a few appearances from the bench. And it may be that the manager, maybe it's quite saying he'll keep the two up front, but it might, not, it might be a different two. Yeah, and then just to kind of accentuate what, what um, Colette was saying, like with the strength and depth of this squad, whoever comes in, you know, would expect to be up for the task and, and desperate to, to uh, impress Neil Lennon. And of course, with all due respect to Clyde, even even Celtic's um, kind of fringe players coming in, you would expect to triumph at Broadwood. I was just looking at Odson Edwards, start speaking of James Forrest on 39 games, Cal McGregor 42, Odson Edwards 37 games, of course, 24 goals and 16 assists. So for all he is enjoying um, you know, great form at the minute perhaps these are the games you'll be looking to rest some of the players that are playing throughout the season these guys are obviously weighing international duty Odson Edward with the Fran- France under-21s as well so when we've got big games like Hearts at home who are you know, trying to get themselves away from the foot of the table of Aberdeen at Pataudry who are always a tough challenge maybe these are the games where Neil Lennon will be looking to rest some of his stars Although I'm sure people listening to this podcast when you were just saying about, uh, about Clyde there will be some people shouting remember the last time we played them but we'll, we'll quickly we'll quickly gloss over that because uh, that, that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't our, our finest hour normally at this point in, in the podcast we ask for a prediction Tony Conley's not here with his usual 3-0 to Celtic which has, has served us quite well although we won 4-0 during the week but we've got a double prediction so first of all taking the, the Scottish Cup tie uh, on Sunday Clyde versus Celtic what's your score prediction for that? See, now I feel under pressure because we're talking about the whole humility and respect and what kind of team and last time we played, I'm saying that I was, I was a wee bit younger last time we played Clyde, to be <laughs> honest with you, but um, 
you would, yeah, as, as Joe says, you know, with the greatest respect to the to the opposition, you would expect the way the form Celtic have been on since the turn of the new year, you would expect them to go there and get a job done and get a job done professionally. And with given how clinical we have been, granted the with the late flurry of goals against Hamilton at the weekend, I would I would be inclined to go four 0 again. Okay, four 0 I'm going to go for five one, Joe. What about you? A conservative two 0 a, a comprehensive performance with with Clyde defending um, deep, as you would probably expect. Um, but yeah, to be honest, as long as Celtic progress, I think we would take any result. Absolutely. And now on to the Celtic women's team. Clyde, we'll start with you. Obviously, you'll have seen the the, the players in training and in the pre-season games. They'll want to start uh, really on the front foot with a really positive result. So what can what can we expect? What's your your score prediction for Celtic versus Glasgow women? Oh, um, well, Glasgow women, they've actually got a really new squad together now. Um, they've pretty much overhauled their squad. So as much as we don't know all the players that are there, because we've seen them at their previous clubs, and there's actually an ex-Celtic player in there now as well, um, we're not entirely sure of what we're going to see from them. But going on the training sessions and analysis sessions I've been in with Fran and the kind of football he's wanting to play and the girls that we've brought in complaints and the players we have already, I'm going to. <laughs> it's, it's strange. It's strange actually predicting for the girls. I've never done that. You know, you have your your jokes about the the men's team. Um, I'll go three now. Just to be clear, because um, I wasn't aware of this in terms, I need to brush up on on my 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 stats and teams in the women's side of Glasgow. Uh, that's a different team from Glasgow City. Just to be clear. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so um, you might have heard of they're they're a team based at Bud Hill. They they did previously go by Glasgow Girls. Um, they've just rebranded at the turn of the year that their first team are Glasgow Women. So they play in SWPL2, the league below our shelves at Glasgow City. You said 3 now. Yeah. I'm going to echo that as well. <laughs> well I'm going to go 5-1. And we should also point out that this is a League Cup section. Um, so Celtic are also in with St. Johnson and Spartans and then the winners. And I think the, the winners of all the group sections in the top two, the best two runners-up then progressed. And I think it's at Hibs and Glasgow City have got the... Yeah. the bye and then there'll be a quarter final yeah uh, um, basically that's how it works because City and Tibbs finished first and second in the league last season this is a refor- this is um, it's been reformatted this is the first time I've ever done it it's just previously it was just PL1 teams played PL2 teams knockout straight to things so be interesting to see how it actually operates this season more games is always good though I suppose and interesting to see who's right with the score predictions well thanks for joining us Colette on your, your first year debut on the Celtic well, View podcast and, and, and we'll show have you on in plenty of times throughout the course of the season Joe thanks as always with new headgear to, for joining us and uh, once we start doing the video people will be able to, to see exactly what I'm, I'm talking about but uh, of course both Celtic sides in action and cup duty this weekend we're going to leave you now with a memory of last season it was of course Hamden it was May it was the treble treble and it was that man Watson Edward the ball knocked up towards the halfway lane Rustic's the first to react heads it through oh, it's a chance for Watson Edward can he make it 2-1 yeah, yeah! Watson Edward with the goal he slotted it beyond the ball and Celtic lead we're heading towards the treble treble absolutely superb from Watson what composure been through one-on-one with the goalkeeper somehow to beat and he shows all the composure of a class punisher that he has surprisingly found that kind of space for the defending that Hearts have had today but what a finish when he put himself through get in there 
It's an Edward. Cool, as you like. He scored one from the penalty spot, but that time he raced through. It was a good header from Lustig. It took the Hearts defence by surprise. And Watson Edward, the coolest man at Hamden. Shooter had played him onside. He didn't even take oh, a second finish. touch. Wonderful finish from the Frenchman. Celtic 2, Hearts 1.